This episode of Deep in the Weeds is proudly supported by Deputy. Rostering and timesheets without the usual chaos. Hospitality is all about connection. You know, there's there's many industries in this world that where you can be very faceless and still run a business, still make a lot of money, okay? Um, but hospitality, restaurants, it's all about the connection. It's about the people's connection that are in that business. It's about the customer connection who are walking in, the relationship they're building. It creates memories. I, I, I think of uh, hospitality business as the pinnacle of business for humanity. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. The last year and a half has changed the lives of many. It's changed the way we want to move forward. It's opened the door to many new ways of thinking and new approaches to not only make a better world, but allow for a new way to approach the art of hospitality too. Technology has changed the operational aspect of many hospitality businesses. And through a time where most have had to adapt and evolve, what role can technology play to help business owners navigate to a viable position? Ashik Ahmed is the CEO of Deputy. Ashik, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Anthony, great to be here. It's good to have you on the show. You've been a part of this really big boom of technology influencing the hospitality sector. Um, what's it been like the last decade with the move into hospitality? Um, look, hospitality, I mean, there's many kinds of businesses. I, my original background was actually aviation, even though I'm in a technology business now. Um, where actually I learned about business was aviation, but something that I've realized is that hospitality is probably a business that almost I'd like to say is defines humanity. Okay, uh, there's there's all sorts of different kind of industry in this world. Okay, they, you know, aviation. There's tech. There is retail. There is healthcare. But one thing I've realized is that you know um, hospitality as a business or an industry is what humanity at its peak looks like when the pandemic landed not only was the industry impacted but but you were as well with uh being a supplier to the industry what impact did it have on you wow uh, be it me or be it deputy or be it the industry uh, i don't think anybody had a game plan for 2020 i don't think anybody had a game plan for march in february either um, at the end, this this brings back quite a lot of wounds and probably feelings that I probably still haven't fully kind of processed. I mean, I can tell you that um, um, as a business, Deputy had big plans for 2020, um, uh, especially with hospitality. I mean, we have been really successful with hospitality as a vertical, um, Deputy's first customer was actually in uh, in the hospitality industry. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a group called Ferris Group here in Sydney. So, and then quite a lot of other restaurants. And historically, we just have been so great at it. And um, but we still had so much headroom to grow. And we had big focus on going um, really deep in hospitality in 2020. We actually set up a new team. We we were actually even setting up a customer event. Uh, all these things were lined up, and then, bang, the the rug gets pulled out, and um, and 
yeah, it's a, it's a, a shockwave through um, obviously our customer base and through us as well. Like 70% of deputies' customer base is retail and hospitality. Um, we have tourism and many, many other things as part of that as well. But um, um, I saw, I saw the impact, not just on a micro level, but on a macro level in terms of what the pandemic did um, to the industry. Um, I mean, uh, we obviously have to move really, really fast in terms of how we handle that. But there was quite a lot of customer emails. Um, customers emailing me directly um, to see if Deputy can help with things. Obviously, we went and did uh, help wherever we can with everything, including you know product updates, giving our product away for free, or not customers not having to pay. I mean, our philosophy was you know, we'll back them. Um, uh, you know, we'll thrive if they thrive. So we want to do everything we can. But uh, uh, Anthony, many of these emails, I still have them, and quite often. I reflect upon them to see, like, you know, what it looks like. Um, what does what is the face of despair looks like? Let me put it that way. Well, well, tell us what what deputy provides, and and also how it changed because of the pandemic. So, um, deputy um, uh, deputy as workforce management. Okay, that's the industry term. But uh, here in Australia, for hospitality or for for uh, your audience, we are a software for rostering and time tracking. And then on top of that, we do all your award calculation. You know, um, uh, weekend, uh, weekend, weeknights, public holiday, after 7 p.m., um, all the very complex, wonderful labor laws that Australia has, we take care of all of that. So you don't have to worry about it at all. Okay. And then um, um, obviously we also allow you to communicate with your staff member um, uh, and um, a restaurant worker, a chef, a dishy, a barista, they don't sit behind computers or, you know, laptops or they have Slack open in terms of how they communicate. Communication works really differently um, for the hourly paid um, uh, market than it does for the knowledge market, uh, knowledge worker market. So we, we allow staff members to communicate, uh, the business owners to communicate. We allow... Uh, business owner to schedule um, or roster people based on the demand of the business as well as um, any uh, labor laws or regulation one may have. For example, you know, if it's an international student working for you, having that 20-hour uh, uh, or 40-hour uh, per fortnight limit, all of those things is handling to deputy. You get to see your week's cost even before the weeks happen. And then also ensuring that the people are paid correctly. That's probably a quick 30-second summary of what Deputy does. But obviously, a lot of that is on our website on deputy.com. We can have a look at some of the initiatives that you've uh, created since the pandemic landed for, for the industry. But take us back to when you were young. What sort of role did food play in your family? So I'm a migrant in Australia. I came to Australia in uh, our whole family migrated in Australia in 1997. Um, I come from a country called Bangladesh. Um, uh, and um, yeah, it's the country is size of Tasmania, but has seven times the population of Australia, eight times the population of Australia. Okay. Okay. So it's, uh, it's very highly, a uh, uh, highly dense population. There's not a 
lot of opportunity. Um, uh, it's a it's a developing country or a third world country, however you want to uh, label it. And um, yeah, it's a. I can tell you that um, uh, it's it's very hard growing up there or getting the opportunity. Having said that, I I do come from a very privileged background in in Bangladesh standards, and then coming to Australia um, a, was. You know, I, I often think of the fact that you know, being Australian is not a right; it's a privilege, and I'm I'm super fortunate um, and and grateful to get that privilege in my life. Uh, but now, yeah, we came to Australia in 1997 in Melbourne. I, um, but as a migrant family, uh, my parents found it really difficult to get a job uh, going. But I was the first one to get a job in my family, and my first job was actually. Um, uh, working at uh, Hungry Jacks in South Bank, Melbourne, um, for five dollars twenty-two cents per hour. <laughs> I still have my first play slip and my first handbook. <laughs> what sort of impact did that job have on you? Have you taken anything from those days? A lot, a lot. Um, and I think, to be honest, um, um, Anthony, I, th- I don't think I, I appreciate it the impact of the job on me um, for who I become and what I, what I do for the community or the industry for a long time. Um, yeah. Um, we, I needed to get a job to um, at least earn some money. Uh, pretty much all of my um, uh, uh, earning uh, went towards buying, buying my first computer. I actually never saw even a computer in my whole life until I came to Australia, to be honest. So um, that's, a, that's another thing for a technologist. But uh, 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 but no, I mean, yeah, that, 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 that job definitely had set me up in terms of you know, understanding uh, what it means to be an hourly worker, being on the other side of being an hourly worker. And um, um, yeah, the, the mindset of working hard and also, like, when you're a migrant into a country, um, um, Anthony, you know, you'll do anything to to make sure that hey, you get a start in life. Uh, you, you just don't have many of the um, uh, you know family or inherited base that many people enjoy um, or take for granted. But uh, I think that doing that hard work, working, um, sorry, going to school after school, working or working over weekends. That hard work uh, gene kind of, you know, uh, had a really good run for its money um, in the early days, and um, yeah, and and working in working in a, a fast food restaurant like Hungry Jacks, um, which I'm super grateful for. I actually got to um, you know see what happens for hospitality, the challenges of being a shift worker, the challenges of being a manager. Although I wasn't a manager myself um, uh, in my in my in my job, but I saw what are the challenges the managers face as well. Um, I never thought of actually building a tech business because of that. Um, uh, that that came a lot, lot later. I often I was actually reflecting and joking the other day with someone is that uh, there actually isn't even a direct translation of the word entrepreneur in my mother tongue Bengali actually. So um, <laughs> that came a lot, lot 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 later. But I definitely took a lot from a lot of learning about what it means to be a shift worker and especially what it means to be a shift worker in a uh, hospitality business. 
Tell us about how Deputy came about. There is a saying Jeff Bezos has that I, I often reflect on is that you don't choose your passion. Your passion chooses you. Um, I think that's kind of the same thing for me and Deputy. I, um, as I came, out of, I came out of University of Melbourne, um, I was introduced to this gentleman. His name is Steve Shelley to a common friend. And um, I had come into the business as a contractor to actually um, uh, help him analyze some data about employee performance. But when I was in the business, I noticed how manual everything was. Um, like, this is 2004 or five, I think, if I recall correctly, yeah, 2000, yeah 2004. I remember um, uh, the business is about 200 people um, and every second Monday, there'll be 200 faxes that will come in. It's everyone's timesheet, <laughs> okay? It's got, um, and somebody would take all those timesheets, sit down, manually type in the hours, okay? Um, and um, yeah, pay the people and you know, you'd look at those timesheets and like, wow, uh, there's no validity over here or verification of like, you know, did these people do this work or not? Or there wasn't necessarily any, um, uh, uh, okay, if, if somebody has missed somebody in a timeshare, okay, there's just um, no checks and balances in terms of how things things were happening. Not only that, um, I noticed that in the managers of the business, even even Steve uh, himself, will always be on anxiety that someone's going to call in sick. This business office is actually was an aviation ground handling business. So basically, if you fly into Sydney or any of the airports by any airline, quite often the staff member in the airport are not directly employed by the airline. They're employed by a ground handling agent, and it's, it's the job is actually outsourced. The whole So other than flying and engineering, pretty much everything, even engineering for that matter, is kind of outsourced when it comes to an aviation business. And his business is to do that. Um, so it was a very labor incentive business okay there's no product over here other than that of the man hours in handling and handling an airplane and um, um yes and aviation is probably the hardest of all business you have um, it's 24 hours it's very compliant you know there's a joke in aviation it's 99 uh, boredom one person sheer fear <laughs> so um and then on top of that you have um uh, you know 24 hours can be an unionized workforce. It can get very, very complex. I mean, I often kind of reflect on it and, and joke about it as well is that, hey, in, 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 in today's world, if somebody calls in sick, what happens, okay? In, in a knowledge worker world, oh, okay, someone's not coming in, that's fine. Okay, somebody, you know, we don't need to worry about whatever work was getting done or somebody else will do that tomorrow or today. But when it comes to in aviation, if the person, say, who drives the pushback tractor to push the plane back, if that person calls in sick, you know, you just don't get to, you know, jump in into the truck and push the plane back. It's a very highly skilled thing. So usually um, when somebody calls in sick, you have three options. You either um, let that position go unfulfilled or you stop doing what you are doing um, to jump in, meaning, you know, you sacrifice on whatever you had to do or your family life. Um, and then finally, okay, you go through your, um, back then the Nokia 8820D, the address book in there, calling everyone, hoping someone's going to say yes. 
Okay. Um, these are like, you know, two of 200 different problems the business just live with. Okay. And that's what life was. Okay. And you're a manager. That's what you did. There was no, no such thing about, you know, working on culture or imp, uh, improving employee morale. Then you, none of those things because you were just so bogged down with all the mundane you have to do. So that's where I actually saw um, the impact um, technology can make. So I actually created an in-house um, solution for him, which worked really well. Uh, by really well, I mean, it took the business about 10 years to go from two people to 200. Um, after I joined the business over the next three years, we took it from 200 to 1,400 people. Um, it was massive scale. Steve, for first 10 years, he actually didn't even see his own kids grow up because he was so bogged down in, in war. Um, but yeah, after, after I joined his business scale, um, he actually got his life back. He had another child. He, Everybody won. 1,200 people, extra people found employment in an industry that they didn't have employment in. Um, and I saw what an impact um, technology can make, okay? I mean, when you free people from the mundane, when you simplify their work life, um, you know what? People thrive. People excel. And um, um, I realized that, hey, um, I actually had reached my goal with that business. I actually left the business to... I was I was gonna head to US and work for one of the big four tech companies in in Silicon Valley, but Steve tapped on my shoulder. He's like, "Hey, all my other friends who are still running that one restaurant or that one hairdresser or that one bar, they all ask how I've been able to do it, but they are still struggling. Um, you know, um, uh, there might be something in there that we can look at." And and I reflected, and I'm like, "You know what?" Um, I have always believed that validation in life comes from enriching other people's life. And I have been able to enrich one entrepreneur's life. What if I could do that for every other entrepreneur? And at the end of the day, entrepreneur, small business owner, they create opportunities. They create opportunities in our communities, in our societies. And if I can um, help them thrive, like the average um, life expectancy of a small business is about three to five years, okay? Um, you know, Steve's first run, he had 10 years, but he, he, he paid the price in his family life for that. What if I can let people, like, you know, free people up from the mundane over here so they can they really focus on what's important, simplify all of the shift work challenges that comes? Um, I mean, we can truly help workplaces thrive there is something in there maybe that's my calling and um, yeah so let's do it then we call the business deputy because the product was the second in charge the software is the second in charge to the business owner another name for second in charge is deputy that's how that's how we came up with the name uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, deputy yeah, started the journey in 2008 and very fortunate that there's about uh, 280,000 businesses around the world that um, have benefited from Deputy. This episode of Deep in the Weeds is proudly supported by Deputy, rostering and timesheets without the usual chaos. At Deputy, we're on a mission. We're on a mission to simplify shift work for every cafe, every restaurant, every bar. 
every business owner, every dishi, every waiter, every cook, every sous chef. This is the industry that will thrive with Deputy. For more information, go to deputy.com. Well, tell us about the impact that Deputy has had on hospitality and tourism. Do you have any examples of um, some businesses and the impact that it's had? Yes. Uh, look, I I have seen that uh, Steve's story repeated numerous times, thousands of times. Um, a story that I I often reflect upon is the story of Gelato Messina. You know, um, it's a Gelato brand here, based here in Sydney. I believe they're in other parts of Australia, Melbourne, for sure, and Gold Coast, and I think they've gone international as well. But uh, yeah, I remember they starting in deputy only with one store and 10 employees. Um, then dozens of stores and hundreds of employees, um, you know, being part of their journey in terms of how um, Declan has been able to scale his business. Um, I mean, it's not just for the business owner. Um, I'll tell you another another story about on the life of the shift worker as well. Like um, this... Uh, this one time, I I was in uh, I was in a gelato machine uh, store, uh, 10 p.m. on a Thursday night. Okay, um, buying gelato, uh, pretty late. It's packed. It's 10 p.m. It's packed. Okay, that's gelato machine for you. And um, uh, I was wearing my deputy T-shirt, um, and uh, the gentleman behind the counter asked me, "Do I work for deputy?" And I said, "Yep, I work for deputy." My wife was there, corrected who I am. Next thing, I'm getting a staff discount on the gelato. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, thank you. And I asked, like, hey, any feedback about deputy? What can, um, you know, anything anything deputy can do better? Um, and uh, and the gentleman uh, behind the counter was like, well, it's been the biggest change in my working career. I'm like, wow, that's a big statement, Okay. You're, you know, you're working Thursday night, 10 p.m., very late, and a software has been the biggest change in your working career? Tell me more. Why? And he was like, well, in my past job, say, if I didn't want to come to a shift on Saturday because I want to go to a concert, um, you know, I'd call the manager saying that, hey, I don't want to come. Um, and manager will, well, go find your own cover. So I'm calling this person, that person. I'm trading kidneys. I find someone. I bring them over. And next thing, um, the manager goes like, oh, that person costs more than you. Sorry. And I'm already down two kidneys. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that was life was like before, before deputy, um, uh, before Jill Messina. And he goes like, when, when I found the job at Jill Messina, it's like, hey, where do I go to take the photo of the uh, roster? I mean, people, it, it will be in a wall. People will take photo. And they're like, no, 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 download an app called deputy. It will be all there. And it's like, look, I mean, now with the app, if I don't want to work this weekend, you know, I'll just swap my shift with somebody else, okay? And deputy only recommends the people who will be able to do my shift as opposed to costing the business any ex- additional headache, be it like you know, compliance or cost. And then, you know, I can see who is working Friday, who is working Sunday. Do I want to work with these people? It has given me complete freedom in my life without having to bother anyone. Um, I don't. And then he told me something, Anthony, that like really... Um, changed my world. He goes like, I don't think I will ever work for a business 
that doesn't have deputy. And at that moment, you know, I say I, I quite often reflect on that moment. It's, it feels like yesterday, and I, I realized, huh, I founded this business to help the business owners, to help um, entrepreneurs. But there you are, there you are, my biggest fan, <laughs> our biggest fan, and um, knowingly or unknowingly. Um, I have simplified your life too. And yeah, um, then I realized actually, then I, at that moment, I actually started reflecting on what was life like for me when I was a shift worker. Um, and um, just, just uh, earlier this year, I actually found my original employee handbook from Hungry Jacks, okay? And there was a whole page that was written on, um, um, like, you know, the rules around what you can or can't do um, about uh, if you couldn't come to work or your rostering rules or many of these things. Um, I'll, send you a, I'll send you a link if you want to put it in the show notes in there in terms of what that page looks like. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then I realized, like, you know, hey, um, the business gets started with, with a passion, but it gets bogged down with all the mundanes of complexities that kick in because of life or or society or rules. Um, if you can simplify it, everybody can thrive. Everybody can be happy. And when you have happy staff member, you have happy manager, I guarantee you, your customers will be happy as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and that this Declan story of Gilaro Bessina, there has been numerous, numerous other stories. I have heard um, stories from um, restaurant owners that because of deputy, what they have been able to save in their wage cost um, has resulted in savings that they used to buy another, open up a new restaurant as well. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a, uh, building a business is hard to me, but I can tell you that every single day, I also feel very blessed to see the impact Deputy has had and what we have been able to do for the um, for the communities that we are part of. You've also uh, changed your approach towards the hospitality industry during this time in regards to connecting people and um, contributing. Um, tell us about some of the initiatives that Deputy has been involved and triggered. We... Look, I mean, a chronologi chronologically speaking, um, when COVID happened, um, this lockdowns, you know, cutting off oxygen basically for business, which is you know the the cash flow. We wanted to do anything and everything we can to ensure that our customers survive. Okay, um, if they if they can keep their business going, if they can keep their brand going and come out on the other side, they will thrive and we will thrive. To ensure that, we, I believe one of the first things we did actually is to allow our customers to use deputy without having to pay for it. Okay, at least from a communication perspective, we rolled out quite a lot of communication updates in our product, um, in our software. So, um, business owners, managers, uh, they can keep in touch with their staff members 
through deputy without having to pay anything for it. I mean, it's not like in the restaurant, in a restaurant, every, everybody gets a corporate email address or have, um, you know, IT hardware um, or laptop set up to communicate, but they all have a smartphone. How do we allow people to communicate? Um, and we rolled out some communication update through it. On top of that, if businesses were actually operating, some businesses were operating, we rolled out some COVID updates, like being able to clock in, clock out without having to touch anything. It will do facial recognition. It will recognize it's Anthony and you can just start shift without having to do any kind of uh, press of a um, interface so COVID um, doesn't spread in case, you know, uh, by um, people touching the common, a common device. Um, COVID questionnaires in terms of shift starting, there's a bunch of different product updates we need, but these are all technology updates. On top of that, we have tried to do quite a lot of community work as well. And Anthony, I, I must thank you for you know hosting our Keeping Businesses Together event that we just ran a couple of weeks ago. Um, um, in terms of you know bringing bringing businesses together, having that conversation. What I realized as I spoke with many of our customers is that uh, some have actually uh, found models of how they can operate. Some are taking a breather. Some are actually, um, um, you know, trying to still figure out what to do next. But the most important thing was that many people felt very, very disconnected and getting the businesses together, having that conversation, sharing each other's ideas, or even just having this opportunity of talking has been a massive reliever for for many, many people. And Anthony, on that note as well, I also want to thank you, like, you know, for setting this podcast up. And, and I've been listening to your podcast as well. And um, it's been a source of inspiration for me as well, as I listen to many of, uh, um, many of your um, guests and our customers as well. Why is a sense of connection to those in the industry and an obligation to contribute so important to you? Hospitality is all about connection. You know, there's there's many industries in this world that where you can be very faceless and still run a business, still make a lot of money, okay? Uh, but hospitality, restaurants, it's all about the connection. It's about the people's connection that are in that business. It's about the customer connection who are walking in, the relationship they're building. Um, it creates memories. Um, and um, I, and Anthony, I've, I've realized, um, I think I was telling you this, that a couple of months ago, I, um, Sean um, at Colombo Social allowed me to come and do a shift in his restaurant to get back to my roots of being a shift worker again. Um, and I realized that uh, how how much a technology business like Deputy can learn from a restaurant business or vice versa, for that matter. Okay, but it's all about that connection. I mean, it's if you if you're not connecting, we are not being human. And as I said at the very beginning, you know, um, I, I I think of um, hospitality business as the pinnacle of business for humanity. And that happens because of the connection you, we have, we have with each other in the industry. You mentioned the volunteer work with Sean David Christie. Uh, you, you did a shift with him recently. Tell us about 
um, what you what you were cooking and packing and, and who it was for? Well, I did two shifts. Okay, I did one in his restaurant, which was before the lockdown. That was uh, that was being a. Um, uh, I had great support from uh, his team. Fatima, uh, um, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for <laughs> guiding me that night uh, as a waiter um, uh, working for the files. Uh, and um, just about a couple of weeks ago, I, um, I Sean. And Peter and myself, um, along with the support of Marvac um, and Deputy, we have set up a gift a shift um, campaign. Uh, the 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 goal of this campaign was um, to to raise funds to feed one hundred thousand meal hundred thousand meal to uh, shift workers um, who might be impacted because of COVID, um, especially migrant ones who are unable to get any government grant. Um, as well as vulnerable members of our community. Um, and um, Sean ha- um, Marvek has been very kind in terms of donating a kitchen in Darling Harbor with, uh, to Sean to play it for his, his charity initiative, Played It Forward, where, yeah, he's been cooking some great, uh, great meal and having it delivered in different parts of the, uh, different parts of Sydney. And um, uh, he invited me to come in and help him in a, in a day, um, prep some mail as well as uh, pack it, uh, put it in boxes and delivery. But I, I actually never realized the complexity, um, um, especially in the running the logistics of a charity business, especially where you're distributing food, depending on you know different parts of ethnic communities, going dietary requirements, working with different partners in terms of who can come, um, when to pick up the a meal, how it will be delivered. As a lot of, lot of operational um, um, chops that has to happen to, um, to make this happen. And um, yeah, I, I got the, um, the six hour kind of view of it. And Anthony, um, let me say nothing but absolute respect for what Sean is doing day in, day out um, to really help those who are in need at the moment. I mean, um, many of us call ourselves entrepreneurs, but Sean is truly an entrepreneur, especially a social entrepreneur in terms of how he's helping the society right now. There's been a massive impact for the last year and a half on the hospitality sector. What does the restaurant and cafe of tomorrow look like given what it's just been through and, and how will technology play a role in that? The one thing, everything in life is a blessing and a curse at the same time. There's a lot of bad things that has happened for COVID, but the, if there's any silver lining that has happened with COVID is, you know, uh, people had to get used to technology. People had to get used to technology and um, be it from a business sense, be it from a consumer or personal perspective, this opens up a massive opportunity for any business in in the new world that's coming after COVID. I mean, we will have to live with COVID um, for many years, I believe. Um, and how how a business can take advantage of it 
can be really a perpetual gift, a gift that will keep on giving. I'll give you an example of it. Um, one of our customers, um, along with their um, restaurant, they used to have kind of a bit of an online order, like you know, where you can order some cakes or some other meals and come and pick that up. That business used to do $6,000 per week um, in terms of online ordering. Um, through COVID, they obviously, during the first COVID lockdown, they obviously maximized it and marketed that very heavily. The, that sell went up to $100,000 per week from online ordering. Post-COVID, um, I mean, before this current lockdown, that actually still continued. People got trained into knowing that, hey, we can go to this uh, restaurant and still order. I mean, people were coming in, but people were also online ordering in there. And that was a really great sign because okay, somebody who had, uh, you know, taken advantage of technology um, um, during COVID and, you know, the consumer behavior has happened. Don't get me wrong. Online does not stop the real life thing from happening. People come to a restaurant not for the food. They come to a restaurant for food, but they also come to a restaurant for that connection, for that memory, for that date, for that meeting, um, for that celebration. So that will happen. So I think um, many businesses can take advantage of that. And uh, that's my kind of revenue growth perspective. And also from um, managing your team perspective, I mean, I, I fundamentally believe, um, and this is kind of my founding wisdom of deputies that people don't come to work for work. People come to work to be part of a community, a community that has a purpose and a mission. And, um, you know, through COVID, uh, businesses and their teams can really learn how to use technology okay, or even take advantage of technologies like deputy in terms of, hey, how our life can be better in using technology in terms of how we work, how we communicate, and that makes a fundamental difference. That will make a fundamental difference in how businesses will scale or, um, and thrive in the post-COVID world. How important is the role that deputy plays in the hospitality industry then? Well, hospitality is where deputy was born. And this is one industry. Um, and Anthony, I can hand on, hand on my heart. I, I'll say that we will back. Um, and ensure that it thrives and we help it thrive. Um, there's, there's a, there is a lot of things deputy will be doing from innovation perspective um, when, it comes to hospi uh, when it comes to the hospitality industry. Um, there are some new products we will be launching in, in coming months, and, um, and we look forward to really, really simplifying um, shift work for all restaurant, bars, cafes, um, fast food, tourism, you name it. This, this, the, everything that you can put under the uh, hospitality bracket. We, we know this industry very well. Um, I, myself and our team, we have written out what deputy will look like for next 50 years. And I want to make sure that you know, we, we back this industry to really thrive. In relation to deputy, what, what are you most proud of? Be it, be it deputy or talking to any fellow entrepreneur in any industry, 
the thing that I'm most proud of or the thing that I gives me the most satisfaction um, is when I hear a team member um, or somebody who works at Deputy saying that I'm proud to work for Deputy. And uh, the second thing is that when a customer tells me that, thank God you started Deputy, okay, for the difference it has made in my life. And I think that that it's it, that pride is not for me, it's for any business owner, okay? If in your business, um, the people that work for you, if they tell if they tell you that they're proud to work for you or you know, your customers thank you um, because you started this business for the, for the difference it makes in their life, I think, you know, <laughs> building a business is hard. It is very hard. Um, but it, hearing either of those two things makes it totally worth it. Totally worth it. Well, Ashik, it's amazing what you've built and it also sounds like you're only just getting started as well with what you're bringing to the hospitality sector with a deputy. We've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear your story. Please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you, Anthony. And I must express my thank you to the 400 people that work in deputy. I might be the face of the company uh, in your podcast right now, but um, I have an amazing team um, who who makes me look great because they are the one who who is doing the hard work. So big thank you to them as well. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.